All right. Welcome to the 76th episode of Clubhouse Combos. It's your host, Colin Scully. Uh, now closer to 100 episodes than 50, boys. It's been a long road. Uh, how you doing today, Ev? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, all done classes now. I have two presentations today. Went well. I had two brother meetings. So felt brother. accomplished. Did, didn't go to bed until 3 a.m., but uh, feeling good. Feeling uh, like That's... I'm ready to go home. Why didn't you go to bed until three, dude? You left my apartment sleepwalking dude, at 1130. The problem was my group for my presentation was asked. The communication sucked. And we saw the whole part of our project that we still had to do, I guess. Because someone oh, didn't so do, the- did it all. Yeah. That sucks. So, Dan, how are you today? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, I had my last final or I guess like last test because I don't really have any finals. But that was today. Definitely aced it. Took me like 15 minutes. <laughs> um so now i just got to finish some papers uh and then i'll be done but i'm i'm good glad to hear it newman i am good my class has ended today's reading day although i haven't done much studying today as you're supposed to do but i'm excited to talk some baseball can i real quick can i just ask newman why his the flag behind him is never like up is that a flag so yeah, it's a Every time. flag. It keeps falling down because whoever like made this place must have been drunk because there are so many studs in the wall that I really <laughs> cannot nail it in without it sticking. So I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been it. meaning to comment on that because I see it every time. Yeah. Just came in my head. Uh, so some baseball. Obviously, Red Sox have been active. I think first order of business has to be Sander Bogarts to San Diego, 11 years, $280 million. Uh, rumors of the Sox offer being around six for 160 um, Considerably less money, considerably less term. Let's hear initial thoughts. We'll go Ev, Dan, Newman. Um, feelings about the value of the contract. Just, just your overall thoughts on Xander Bogarts yeah. right now. And Dan, yeah. um, well, Evan talked if you want to pull up that that sheet also. I mean, for me initially, um, over the past few days, like I didn't think that he was going to stay. Um, I think I said in the chat, I thought San Diego was going to make a lot of sense. Um, they showed how aggressive they wanted to be, being in the race for judge, um, you know, willing to dish out what they were willing to dish out to him. Uh, and not getting him, not getting Trey Turner. So they wanted to do something. Um, and I think if you're the Red Sox, like, this is absolutely inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable. And it just keeps happening over and over again. Uh, you have good players here. You have the funds to keep them. And, and again, it's management and uh, ownership that just don't want to hand out the bucks. And, I mean, at some point, right, like, Bogart's been here 11 years. He developed them. You you know he's been around here probably going to be probably was the captain of this team uh, after Betts left and so to let another guy like this go I mean it's just unbelievable um, you know you lost Benintendi you lost uh, Schwarber you lost Betts you've lost um, you know just all these guys and now Bogarts and it's just it's remarkable to me um, a team in and in the market of Boston um, should not be losing uh, this caliber of players. I know Dan will probably talk about it, but um, again, like the negotiations have to start earlier. And now the focus goes to Devers. And I think if they don't sign Devers, I really think someone's going to lose their job. And you might see a riot 
in the city of Boston? Um, at, I just remember staying up last night and seeing that news and just absolutely feeling like crap and like just I was surprised, but at the same time, I, I wasn't surprised at all because like this is just Heim Bloom. This is the new ownership uh, with not new ownership, but just the new trend that they're going towards of just not paying their best players. And I don't understand how they expect the Red Sox to be competing um, if they don't want to pay. I mean, Bogarts obviously kind of dipped in terms of power, but was still up there in terms of average across the the AL. Um, so while I don't like the figure of 11 years and $280 million, um, I just, I can't get over the fact that in the spring, you kind of dilly dallied with the negotiations, really lowballed him, didn't get the ball rolling like legitimately. And now it's led to the point where he hit free agency and you ran the luck of him uh, getting a better offer from a team, whether it be an overpay or not. Um, he's no longer here. We now have to deal with the the fact that Trevor Story is probably going to be the short. I think that Trevor Story will be the shortstop, and they'll just get a bridge player at second base and wait for Marcel for the mayor kid uh, to come up through the ranks over the years. I just don't see them now going out for a Dansby Swanson or uh, a Carlos Correa if they're not going to pay Bogarts. Not going to pay those guys. So it, I'm just frustrated that it seems the front office can't be competent in how they handle their business. Um, it's just frustrating from a fan standpoint. Yeah, I think I think I spent most of the past few weeks under the assumption that he would not be returning, and then I think at around like four o'clock yesterday, tweets were flying out that you know it's looking like they're going to reach a deal to keep him at Boston. Only like five hours later for him to be gone. Um, I think this the six for one sixty. I think is a fine offer. You keep him until he's thirty six. You keep him in his prime as opposed to paying him until he's forty one, which is probably going to look poorly on in San Diego down the road. But obviously, they're a team that's trying to win now. And now, for a Red Sox team, it was finished last of the division like three out of the last four years. I mean, it doesn't look good that we can't retain our players. But at the same time, that's a contract that I'm not even sure I would have been. Like, if we had offered him that and he took it, I don't think I'd be happy because that's a ridiculous number. Um, but at the end of the day, you lose the captain of, of our team and so much uncertainty now in the middle and build spot. I think if we were to get Dansby, I think that's really good. I think he's a fantastic hitter, can steal bases, and he can certainly feel better than Bogarts. Um, but I'm not sure if we weren't aggressive enough here, if we're even aggressive enough to make that move. I mean... To me, and I've always played ad devil's advocate for Heim, uh, this has nothing to do with Heim Bloom. Uh, it took them until yesterday to step their offer from $20 million a year to 26 something with whatever 160 divided by six comes out to. Uh, that's, that's unbelievable. The fact that you didn't value Bogarts at more than $20 million a year compared to what you just paid Story. Like Story is getting $20 million a year, right? more than that 22 so you're telling me that story's better than bogarts after what you saw last year that's that's fucking unbelievable um granted 11 i agree with newman 11 for 280 is way too much it doesn't make sense for the red sox future if bogarts the whole time was asking for nine to 11 years and that's why they could never get close i'm okay with that because you look at all the draft picks they spent in the last few years, Mayer, 
York. They got they went and got Jeter Downs. He was one of the big pieces back in the bet steal. Um, they've invested a lot into the future of the middle infield. And if you're going to lock Bogarts up for 11 years, that just doesn't make sense with what you have coming. But it is inexcusable to let him leave. If you don't want to give him that much term, then give him 30 a year for five years. Like, make it worth his while. I think given market value, he would have stayed if the years were the same and he just got less money. But they doubled his time and basically doubled the money. I mean, you can't turn that down if you're a player. Um, it sucks, but at the same time, I'm happy to not have him in our lineup at age 41 eating up $25 million a year. That's a waste. Yeah, but if it turns into two titles, they don't care, you know? No, I, I I agree. I agree. I mean, to me, I don't even see what the Padres are getting at here. Like, who's going to DH? Who's going to go where? You have Cronenworth. You have Tatis. You have Bogarts now. Any thoughts there? I mean, Tatis will play left field, I think, was their announcement. I thought and that then... as well. Cronenworth at second. Right, Cronenworth moves over to first now that Bell's gone. And then, uh, what's his name? Hassan Kim probably moves over to second. Makes the most sense uh, until Tatis comes back. And then he'll go to left, which I think they have a glaring need in the outfield right now. And then you still have Manny. Manny, Soto, Grisham. Pretty stacked. Scary. Uh, I just want to read this tweet before someone – before. Colin um, or whoever else poses a different question um, and take it for how you will. But Heim Bloom inherited 27-year-old Mookie, 27-year-old Bogarts, 25-year-old Benintendi, and 23-year-old Devers. And so far, so far, it's turned them into Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, Franchi Cordero, Cordero Josh uh, Winkowski, Grant Gambrell, Luis De La Rosa, and Freddie Valdez, and Obviously, Devers is still here, um, but he's not been extended. I mean, when you look at that, I mean, that's just – I mean, that's just pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. I mean, Benintendi played horribly before we got rid of him. And at the time, Franchi had hit, what, 25 homers the year before? Yeah, but – I mean, I'm, no one I'm not that. saying it worked out well. I'm just saying – Benintendi had a, a very good year last year compared to the few years prior he had with the Sox. Yeah, but he was a highly touted prospect. And, like, he you knew his game was going to come around at some point. I mean, what, what did Franchi Cordero ever have? Well, the problem was the Red Sox were trying to change Benintendi into a home run hitter, and he's just not built to do that. So they went and got a home run hitter instead. Turns out he can't hit home runs at the major league level. <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, uh, how about how about the other Red Sox signings? Unless Dan, you had something on that topic. I just quickly wanna um, on it that tweet in particular. Um, just I know there's a lot of argument in terms of whether it's the ownership or the front office when it comes to a lot of these these decisions. But I think like that that tweet right there kind of shows like I'm just not in on Heim Bloom. I think I've made that pretty clear. Um, I think when you look at the, those trades, look at the value he's gotten, especially the Mookie Betts trade, like he has not gotten the value you need to. I, I think he's been pretty poor in the trade department. 
Um, and then I still think signing or like offseason signings, I know ownership does have a lot of say over how much he can spend. But I think you look at him coming from Tampa, an organization that kind of tries to find the best bang for their buck on their dollar. Uh, I it, It's absolutely the same game plan they're using here in Boston of trying to lowball their best players and just try and find value in other contracts, even though I think he's stinking at that because he's signing some of these guys that will get into to some pretty, I think, overpaid contracts. So I, we could shit on the ownership all we want of not paying, but I do believe that having Bloom here in the background he has in terms of paying players, it right. he just doesn't want to pay players. And I, th- I think it's just the mix of the two, but I do blame the GM because he is ultimately the one that is paid to make those decisions. And, and real quick to build off that too, Dan, um, like yeah, if Dave Dombrowski was still here, I have a hard time figuring out that they would have lost both Bogarts and Betts. And I'm not like, you know, oh, Dave oh, had a reputation Betts to be a spinner. Hold on. Betts never wanted to come back. I'm Betts just saying, never like, once said he wanted to come back. I, the, situation, totally story. the situation between the Red Sox and Mookie Betts was absolutely botched, and I agree. Um, yeah. I'm saying, though, um, like, you know, if you have a guy like Dave Dombrowski here, I mean, the mindset – is just not the same as the mindset that Heim has, in my opinion, as well. Like, I think Dave made it known, and he's made it known with his time in Philadelphia that you know he's willing to spend money. I mean, Philadelphia is a large market, but so is Boston. And for the Phillies to dish out that money to Trey Turner and Nick Castellanos last year and all these other guys, Bryce Harper on a mega deal, like, you know, they're willing to spend, they're willing to compete. And for the Red Sox, I just think, again, like, and Dan's been saying it for a while, and I agreed, it's like, it's that small market GM mindset where it's like, this is Boston. Like, so I think you can blame the ownership, but again, I also think there's gotta be accountability on hot. I mean, this, you know, he's the one that's kind of ma- making those moves. Um, I mean, I again, mean, like, I, I think you guys are just, there's a historical context to the Red Sox the last 20 years. John Lester goes, David Ortiz, remember that bullshit where we went back and forth and back and forth and could barely get him to come back? Uh, Mookie, that does not fall on Heim. These are all these are all franchise players for the Red Sox in their primes that we either didn't bring back, couldn't make them want to come back, or had a very hard time doing so. It's not the the one constant through all of these stars coming and going is not Heim Bloom. It's not Dave Dombrowski. It's it's none of the GMs. It's the owners. They don't want to pay. They never want to pay. They haven't paid ever. Like, never. David Ortiz, yes, you paid him, but literally, imagine what the, what happens if the Bruins don't pay David Pasternak this year. Oh, well, well, real quick. I mean, they paid Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford. Like, it, it's not like they were <laughs> yeah, never that's, dealing out any. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough there. Pablo Sandoval. But they're not – they don't like to pay guys from Boston. They just don't. Which is the issue. I know, but it, it's not – it doesn't fall on the GMs, I don't think. I think it's worth I think mentioning. It's both. It, it's both, but I think it's worth mentioning that had we retained Bogarts, that we would be singing Heim's praises. I mean, you look at what else yeah. he's done this offseason. The biggest needs for us were bullpen and an outfielder who can hit. And we signed Yashida, who literally is probably the best on-base hitter in the league now just from coming over to the U S and we sign a hall of fame closer, which we didn't have a closer. So I like, 
yeah, we lose Bogarts, but if he wanted that ridiculous money, I mean, we look at the other things he's done. I think he's done a fantastic job this offseason, and he's been in on other and, players too. And Bogarts has basically been gone. I mean, we've been saying it all year, and then suddenly we all got our hopes up, and I think that's why the news last night sucks so much, and that's why we're all so angry at Heim. But think about all the podcasts we did this season. I mean, it was always, well, Bogarts probably gone anyways. They're, they're not going to pay Bogarts. And then that little last bit of hope yesterday with the Twitter storm of, oh, Red Sox are close. I think that changes the game. But I agree with Newman. Like, this was almost a foregone conclusion six months ago. So why are we – like, why are we so upset when he's still doing other things? I'm upset that Xander's gone. I'm not upset that we didn't give him 11 years for $280 million. The, the offer never would have been competitive if that offer was on the table. Well, I'll just answer that with, I've always been angry. And I think even from the springtime, I made it known and I was angry. So in terms of like the news yesterday, I don't think it's changed my opinion. I, if anything, I was start. I literally texted saying, I'm Bloom starting to impress me. But then he went and just absolutely threw that in the trash um, with the Bogarts news. But I mean, it, I've always been skeptical of Bloom. I'm probably continue. I'll, I'll continue to be skeptical of him. Um, and so I know we went the whole summer with this whole Bogarts thing, but uh, just to kind of answer that, I, I think I've just always been against him from the start. And in part two, so, I think Boston, real quick, I think Boston has such a competitive advantage uh, being such a large market. So like, yeah, we can sing Heim's praises for, for signing a 36 year old Kenley Jansen and 35 year old Chris Martin or whatever. Like, good moves, but again, like, these guys are older. And again, like, it would be ridiculous to expect Heim not to do anything, again, given that it is Boston, it is a large market. Um, so, again, for to expect him to not do anything would be obviously incorrect. You knew he was going to do something. It was just a matter of like, what he was going to do and where he was going to spend the money. Was he going to spend so it on So if he turns around and throws – if he turns around and throws that $280 million at Rodone and Swanson, are you mad at him still? No, because he's spending money. Like that's what you want to yeah. see. You want to see the money okay. spent. Okay. Like, spent money. He spent money in good places, though. You think like Kike? Like right. look what Kike did for us in the playoffs. Pavetta. Everyone just shot him down earlier, and like he was fantastic in the playoffs. And I and I understand your point, but like you see some of the moves last year, like Eric Cosmer, weird. Tommy Pham, that's weird. Eric like, Cosmer was free. And Tommy Pham played well down the stretch. But there's moves that, like, to me, I get no sense of direction with this team. It's just a very – it's a very weirdly constructed team right now. And that's how I – that's I mean, how I, I feel. I, I think we're also forgetting, like, Heim came in one year after we won the World Series and we had no farm system. Our best player wanted to be traded – since then, our ace on that team has pitched in, what, 10 games, if that. Uh, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, and Rafael Devers have carried the team for three years. Verdugo's turned into a nice piece. But you have to think of, like, when you construct a baseball team, you need a couple of years, especially when the guy that you paid $30 million five years ago, four years ago, and are counting on to be your best pitcher hasn't pitched. That's hard. When Matt Barnes suddenly falls off the face of the earth and you no longer have a closer, that's hard. Those are things you can't just fix immediately. 
real quick, I'll just say one more thing. I mean, I think I, I understand what you guys are saying, and it makes a lot of sense. My point is, no matter who you get as your GM in Boston, they're going to spend money. So They like, should spend money. They're going to spend money. Like, that's inevitable. I mean, I'm spending money. Like, no matter – I'm just saying, no matter who was here, they were going to spend money. And, again, it's just, I guess, at that point, a preference of where do, where you want to dish it. Again, they lost Schwarber. We all hated that. That was one of my, you know, least favorite moves. They get rid of Renfro. I mean, there's a lot of player turnover, more than I think I can ever remember with the Boston Red Sox team um, in the past two years than ever before, to be honest. Like, players are just coming in and walking out the door faster than I can – like I said, I could ever remember before. I agree it's weird. It is weird. Um, should we should we move on from the Red Sox? Should we talk about something else? How about we talk about Aaron Judge? Nine years, three hundred and sixty million. I think that's the worst sports contract in history. Maybe. Once once he stops hitting all those juice balls. Did you guys see that graphic? No. Uh, the only time, like, the, the Major League Baseball's juice balls or, like, their good balls were showed up was from the month of August, September, in the playoffs, was at a Yankees game or in a playoff game. Oh, I did see that. I saw uh, a video about it. But I feel Only like one the, team like, in the entire league gets those special balls. Yeah, I guess that does play a factor into the season he had. But if you're the Yankees, you have to sign Aaron Judge. And if this is the contract, yep. like if, if your hands are tied, I feel at that point, like you have to do it. Um, so in terms of financial value, it may be crap, but I think the overall like meaning, like kind of like Bogarts, like he's the captain. Like Aaron Judge was the MVP had one of the best seasons in MLB history and how much he means to the fans in New York and even just the team. I mean, he literally almost carried that team uh, through the playoffs. Like you, you have to sign him to that. And it's unfortunate kind of for the long-term, but I think the short-term and may even end up being the long-term if he can keep it up, it, it, it's a deal you have to make. So I wouldn't say it's a bad deal, but like you get the best player or one of the best players in baseball still on your team and you're able to compete. Sure. First off, fuck John Heyman. That was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> to even speculate that he was going to the Giants. But when I saw that, I was shocked because, like Dan said, that's this is a move that the, the Yankees had to make. They can't expect to go into the next few seasons with Rizzo and Stanton and they expect to be competitive. I mean, Judge, for all he did last year, I mean, he stole like 15 bases. He hit really well for average on top of all the home runs. So, he did more than just hitting the long ball. Obviously, playing at Yankee Stadium is super beneficial for him. Uh, so probably a good reason to stay with that short porch. But the Yankees could not afford to lose Aaron Judge. I think they were going to pay whatever it took uh, to keep keep that team competitive and back into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Hal Steinbrenner or Cashman have an issue emptying their pockets. And you kind of see the reports now, too. Like, they're back in on – Carlos Rodon, like I, this team is just not done. The Yankees are going to keep spending. And, um, you know, the way it's looking, they'll probably outspend the Red Sox, obviously. And, you know, um, you know, that's just the, what the Yankees do. They spend a lot of money. They're aggressive uh, making trades. 
Um, so I definitely don't think the Yankees are done, but I agree with you, uh, with Connor and Dan. I mean, I think it's, it's a movie you have to make and, and uh, he's so valuable to that team franchise fan base. Uh, you can't let someone like that go. No, absolutely not. I agree. You had to pay him. Um, I, I do think that it's kind of a lesson to other teams. If you have a guy like Aaron judge or Xander Bogarts that, you know, can walk in the off season you better not let them go prove themselves uh, because it costs the Yankees hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. Um, but no, I agree. It's a move they had to make. I will say uh, from a Red Sox fan perspective, the Yankees have not gotten better this offseason. They haven't done anything to add um, only to maintain. Uh, and I agree. I don't think they're done, Evan, but Sometimes, like, look at the Yankees over the last 20 years. They haven't won a World Series. Spending doesn't always work. So that's all I'd say on that. Um, Trey Turner. Thoughts? I can go first. Um, yeah, love the move for Philly, right? I mean, again, and they're, you knew that they were going to be big spenders. You come so close to the World Series. And um, to get a guy like Trey Turner, I mean, he's one of the best hitters in baseball steals bags, hits for average, he can hit homers. I mean, to add him to that lineup, and obviously you remember kind of all the bombs that Philadelphia hit in the playoffs and just that lineup. I mean, it, to me, it's got to be the best lineup in baseball. I find it find it really hard for any other lineup to compete with them. Um, and I fully wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the World Series. That's a monster move. It's a great move. Um, tough loss for the Dodgers, by the way. And they lose Bellinger. And Bellinger, um, we might talk about later, I don't know. Um you know, down year. But again, those are two bats that they lose right away. Uh, so that's definitely something uh, to keep an eye on. But again, they've also lost um, Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney in the starting rotation. A lot of losses for the Dodgers so far. Um, I don't know what Dan and Newman thinks on Trey Turner. I think it's my favorite signing of the offseason this far. And I think compared to, I guess, him and him and Bogarts, I would kind of put in a similar. Um, range when I say their games won't age so poorly uh, you can always hit for average you can always steal bases if you're a fast guy you can always play good defense it's the home run balls that typically go and the strikeouts go up higher um, so compared to a, a judge or a Contreras investment I would say I like the Turner and Bogarts ones a lot more because I think just those guys and the way they play their games are going to age a lot better, especially with the low strikeout rates both of them have. But Philly, I agree. I think they're they're up there. I think right now I'd say Philly and San Diego are the two best teams in the NL instead of the Dodgers, the Mets, or the Braves. I do think not enough people are talking about the Mets. If Scherzer and Verlander stay healthy, that's they have a scary team. For sure. I think uh... – the Turner, it, the Turner signing is interesting. I was, I was reading a couple articles yesterday, um, and they talked about how as players age, you know, sprint speed declines at a pretty steady rate. Chase rate goes up at a pretty steady rate, and we've already started to see that from Trey Turner. His chase rate last year was a career high. Uh, he was looking a lot like Javi Baez's chase numbers, which is never a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a little worried that those things are going to start to decline as he ages. Obviously, it's not a long-term deal, but I think in the short term, you know, when you have him through his prime for the next five years, it's going to look pretty good. And then I think you kind of figure it out from there. Uh, if you're the Phillies, hopefully you win a couple titles. 
Um, in terms of this deal for Trey Turner, um, it it just makes me kind of miss, and I guess this is just kind of the, the Phillies offseason, makes me miss Dave Dombrowski, just the aggressiveness. Um, I think we've seen how the Phillies have just completely turned it around from a ball club that really stunk a couple of years ago. Like, not just a couple of years ago, but like they were bad to average and then they've really turned it around. I mean, not to say they are a powerhouse during the regular season, but you have the pieces in place. And as long as you make it in to the playoffs, all those superstars will turn out. And it happened for Philly. Weren't able to win the World Series. But I mean, this is just another piece that allows them to compete and contend. Um, and then they've also had some other moves, uh, the Phillies, to kind of bolster uh, their pitching. Um, so I like what the Phillies are doing. I like what Dave Dombrowski's doing. Um, not in, I understand the aspect of Dave Dombrowski kind of killed our bullpen, uh, or not bullpen, sorry, our farm system in Phillies is kind of mod, like moderate at the moment. But I, I think what Philly's doing right now is very entertaining and they're going to have a really good product next year. And nobody gives a fuck if you win the title about the farm system. So, I mean, Red Sox won in twenty eighteen. Nobody like nobody thought about the farm system. Everyone was just happy they won. They were fucking pissed about the farm system when they were asked during COVID, though. COVID year, no one cares. Um, are there any other guys on this list we we would like to talk about? I think the Degrom signing was kind of a surprise. He did not go back to the Mets. What do you What do you guys think? Obviously, the health issues. What do you think of the five years? Um, I like it. I think it was honestly more interesting to me to see the Mets turn around and sign Verlander. Like you, you just lose an old pitcher to slap on a, a new old pitcher. Granted, they're both still elite. But it's just weird to see them replace one aging player with another. Um, but the, I really respect what the Rangers have been doing, what they've been building the past two seasons. And I think the Grom is a huge step in that direction to have a clear leader outside of, you know, Martin Perez on that rotation. Um, and who they they just added another pitcher, no? Was it Heaney? Heaney. They had yeah. they added John Gray last season. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, and Seager yeah, up the middle. So they're they're definitely gonna be a formidable team in the West. Um gives the Angels some thought about what the fuck they're gonna do going forward. I really think that they're gonna be an overhyped team going into this season. Um that ballpark, very hitter friendly. Um, it's up there, and I think yeah, Heaney goes there. Um, you know, Degrom goes there. I, I still don't see that team as a playoff team. I don't, and I think the bats are still a little questionable. Um, as well there. I mean, I think they're doing it the right way, but again, I just think at the end of the day, Seattle's better, Houston's better, and it's just a team that I guess doesn't really have a lot of experience playing together I guess I would say they have a new manager I think so a lot needs to come together for them to be really good I don't see it this year maybe in a few years or a couple of years I don't know I wonder what, what do you guys think I don't know I just don't see Texas really competing next year even even with all these additions um I, I kind of agree with that notion I think Texas is a few pieces away from being like a playoff contender but I think at least kind of like what Newman was saying they're laying a foundation for success in the future and yes Degrom's old um, but I think that's kind of why you go with the five years is you kind of you lay down that foundation so that once you kind of start competing you're getting 
towards the end of that contract. And hopefully you're good enough where when DeGrom's at the end, you, you're able to kind of just sustain when he's done. Um, so a few pieces away, but the foundation's there. They also added Jake Odorizzi. Uh, I mean, you have Josh Jung, young player, obviously Seeger Semyon, Adolis Garcia, very strong outfielder. Leody Tavares came on hard last year. Um, maybe Mitch Gardner hit some home runs for you. I do agree. I think a lot of things would have to go right for them, but I don't think it's out of the question that it could happen. I mean, when you have a guy like DeGrom who went healthy, could almost guarantee you a win every five or six days, that's a huge luxury to have. Um and that's great for a ballpark or a ball team that plays against such good teams in your division like Seattle and Houston. Um, I wouldn't put them in my playoffs today, but I would say like I'd probably put them in the same tier as maybe the Rays and the Orioles and the Guardians of iffy maybes. Um, whether or not the Guardians and the Orioles seasons last year were true, we'll see. But they added Josh Bell, and uh, is that that's going to be one of their biggest contracts in franchise history? No, in terms of average per year, I think so. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> that's funny. Very funny. Yeah. I mean, here's my only thing. Here's my only thought. I mean, do we really have to play the season, or can can we just crown the Astros champions again? Like, I guess maybe Philadelphia. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we're going towards a rematch of last year. But then again, I always say it doesn't happen how you think it will happen. Like, who the hell had the Devils at 21-4 and four in their first 25 games? Like, this never does. So, I don't know. I just think Houston is just so good. And at the end of the day, I think they'll come away with it again. Uh, it's, again, way too early prediction. But I just I don't see any other team really there, especially in the American League. Still yeah. many pieces to fall. Where does Correa go? Where does Rodone go? Yeah. Dan, could It'll... you pull up a list of guys that are uh, yeah, still available? On it. David Price. David Price. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I mean, still some good players. Yeah, but I I just don't see anyone here that's gonna you know who's gonna sign and win you a championship. I mean, I agree, the good players. Look, uh, I mean, Correa and Rodon go to the Dodgers, and I might hand it to them. Although I did see Dodgers are not interested in him because of the fans; they would not (laughs) want Correa. Here's an interesting one. In my opinion, the best free agent available is Swanson. I think he's such a good player. Uh, really a great year last year. And I think I'm really curious to see where he goes. Um, I would love it to be Boston, but again, I don't know uh, what the scope of that would be like, but um, I guess if I could pick any player to make an impact uh, right away on a new team, that's a contender that could get them over the hump. I think it's Swanson. I think I'd probably agree, but I have a hard time saying it's not Correa. Yeah. Obviously Correa is big. I think Nimmo is an underrated piece as well for whatever team picks him up in the outfield. See, I think Swanson of Boston does make a lot of sense. I, I think he's very comparable to Story's money. Uh, I think he's comparable to Story's production before hitting free agency. Uh, I think he matches up better with their timeline 
rather than 11 years. I don't think he's out there looking for 11 years. I think five to seven would probably be the range in which Swanson's in. Can you guys think of any other suitors for him where he might best fit? I, a team that keeps coming to my mind is Miami for some reason. I feel like they have to throw money somewhere at some point. And Swanson's just like a good young guy. I don't know. They don't have a shortstop, really. But Miami, like, they just got rid of all their, like, bullpen last, like, this past trade deadline and stuff, like, they they were uh, I don't I know but you still have Sandy that would make a really nice uh pairing up the middle with um I forget his fucking name Jazz Chisholm. Well, it's cool too because I know um obviously Skip Schumacher's their manager now and uh, obviously he was a former shortstop so I don't know maybe like go in there maybe learn a little bit from him as like a guy who's you know been out of the league for a few years but like is yeah. still relatively you know freshly retired in touch. Um, so maybe like yeah maybe Swanson, you know, and him I guess have some rapport if they meet. I don't know. That's a thought though. I get to the Giants maybe they don't really have a designated shortstop right now. Even the Cardinals could find a spot for him. Yep. yep. Newman, before the pod, you were saying something about Minnesota, right? Yeah. Well, I I think they're they're kicking the tires on Correa again, and they oh, would why? probably. They would pivot to Swanson if Correa's gone. I feel like that experiment just didn't really work out. I think Correa's oh, best served going elsewhere. You never know, though. That central division is so bad that Minnesota can easily quickly build up and take it. I'd like to see the Tigers do something. I yeah. feel like we were all somewhat optimistic about them coming in last year, and then they just got crushed with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, good young rotation. Except Hobbs uh, sucks. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, he does suck. Everybody yeah. saw that coming, though. Like, I think yeah. all of us were like, that's the worst move. Yeah. And, of course, it turned out to be true. Uh, is there anything you guys would like to discuss? I don't know. I think we touched a lot of it. I feel like we got our Red Sox rant in there. Uh <laughs> Say. Yeah, that was good. Do the, okay, here's a, here's a, I guess a final question. Do the Sox sign anybody else? And if so, yes, they sign more players. Um, I think obviously they're going to address the middle infield now, uh, unless they plan on maybe Duran or Kike at second, um, and vice versa in center field. I would imagine. Um, but I do think they address the middle infield. I think you definitely still need to get a starter or two. Um, I don't think another bullpen arm would hurt. And who the fuck is that catcher? A catcher. I saw they were talking to Vasquez again. Yeah, that would be that'd be nice. I'd like to bring yeah. him back. Definitely, yeah, they, they definitely should the... talk to the Baldy again. But, yeah, if they bring Evaldi back, if they bring Vasquez back. And like the thing is, if they went and spent that hundred sixty on Swanson or Rodone, I would not be at all unhappy. Like the, those guys are going to be difference makers, and they both fill an area of need now. Rodon would be nice. That would be great. That would be awesome. Plus, the Yankees wouldn't have him. So fuck. I them. know that's very true too. 
It's almost like keep away. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Good pod. Um, hopefully the Red Sox do something before we join next. <laughs> hopefully. They won't. All right. Catch you next Peace time. Out. Where? <laughs> Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. But you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts You don't got the line.